Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex. Already talked some Texas basketball, Texas women's basketball, Texas baseball. We got the big fat poll of the day going. All that you can still talk about on the text line, 512-447-3776. Big fat poll of the day. Who is your favorite glue guy, culture guy? Your guy that is the team guy. It could be any sport, any level. You can go Longhorns, any sport. You can go to pro sports. Who is your guy? Had some good answers already. Keep sending those in on the text line. We're going to get some NFL talk, uh, some combine news happening. I got some audio from the combine as well. I uh, want to get to a little NBA talk as well today. We didn't get to it yesterday, but uh, some big games. All Texas teams were in action last night. All three lost, too, so not a great night uh, for the teams. But, uh, but some interesting stuff going on in the NBA. We'll try and get to that as well uh, here in the 5 o'clock. But we want to keep getting to your text you know, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. It doesn't always stay on the rails. I try, though. Uh, so if you guys want to keep the text line rolling, I'll keep trying to get to everyone I can get on here. Uh, texter says, Patrick, not super proud of this, but Brock is my hero for today. He deserved the T, but was just retaliating for what number five did to Aismas earlier in the game. Super baller move with the hook and horns on the way out through the tunnel. I will say, too, I don't think it was retaliation. I don't think what Williams did to Max Aismas was intentional at all. When I watched that one, it just seemed like a guy who was a little out of control and his elbow caught Max Aismas, who was coming in. I don't I don't think it was a I don't think it was intentional. Let's put it that way. I don't think Brox was intentional to hurt him or anything else. I think he was trying to push him away from the sideline and he knew that he knew that if he's going for that same run when he's going at it, and if if Williams decides he wants to push Brock Cunningham into the ball so that it's Texas Tech ball, that he's going to shield himself and push back. It's a basketball play where he's looking at it. Now, does it look really, really bad on, on slow-mo? Yes. But I think it was you could say it's a flagrant one because he went too hard in it. But in the same point, he was trying to shield the ball off and not get pushed himself into the ball because he knows, well, if I'm running, if Brock Cunningham's on the other side of that play, he's going to try and knock the guy into the ball so it's off of him. So he's trying to make sure that doesn't happen. He seals him off. He does it too hard. It should have been a flagrant one. I get why it's a flagrant two. Uh, I you know it's a different game today than it was uh, 20 years ago, and it also you know you're in Lubbock, you don't want to start a riot. They did have the kid getting pulled out, 18 years old apparently getting pulled out. The mullet, the mustache, just that phone call home for bail. No, but you don't understand. In a game where we're down 20, a guy made a basketball play and did it a little rough. So no, I had to get thrown out because they're fixing the games. Ah, just silly stuff. Just silly stuff. No, I'm I'm proud of Brock because he went in there. He gave the right speech. He was there in the post game and and happy for his team. He played a really good game. And the hook him and the the horns up on the way out is always is always good. It's always good. 
Uh, Chan there says, <laughs> for, wow, first Toto, now Mike. That was the Doobie Brothers, though. It is Mike McDonald, but it is the Doobie Brothers. Uh, he also says, uh, <laughs> don't go back there. Uh, Kendall and IT starting over uh, Max was great. No, I mean, Kendall didn't start. IT started with Max Asmus. Uh, so Kendall came off the bench. Uh, and Kendall and IT driving the basket was really good. Uh, and great call on that TD, uh, PD. Texas should continue driving the basket. Yes, they should. Uh, I get it's harder when they have really good rim protectors, but I also think when they have really good rim protectors, you just need to have Dylan DeSue on the other side. He can hit that six, seven-footer really easy. So when he comes out, if he jumps out, you saw the play earlier when they kind of ran the mix and Kendall Weaver came across uh, into the paint and just had to take a step over and was wide open for a five- or six-footer. Like those types of plays, I think Texas could get more if they went for them. Uh and also says for you the the glue guy culture guy team guy is Rojo. I agree with you there. Uh, personally, don't think Brock's play was any more dirty than the elbow on Asmus or the hack on Weaver at the rim. Uh, Texas Tech uh, never handles getting beat by Texas well, and they seem mad. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a flagrant one. I don't think the one on Max Asmus was even a flagrant. I, I you could say it because head and neck area, and that was the one Brock didn't go head and neck. Brock didn't go lower and try and hurt the legs. He wasn't. There was definitely no intent to injure in what Brock did. I don't think that Williams was trying to hurt Max Asmus. I think he just elbow was out, uh, and he just made a bad play. But I, I don't. I I don't think either one of them was necessarily intentional to hurt a guy or intentionally dirty. I just don't think they were. Uh, I think in basketball, you know, there are points where there's going to be contact, and it seems like it's more when you know you have thousands of screaming, you know, fans. It, it seems to get a little bit crazier. All right, let's do one more. Uh, and then we'll uh, get talk some NFL, and we'll come back to the text line. Texter says Weaver gives me Doge Balbay, uh, Do- Doge Balbay vibes, uh, but better on offense. Balbay was my favorite glue guy, but look out for Weaver in a year or two. Look out for Weaver next season, man. If that offense can continue to improve, his athleticism, his going up, like that's a guy who could not only be a glue guy, a energy guy, but if he continues to grow as a player, you know he was at UTA. Like he basically hasn't had the best you know, staff and best coaching and all of that uh, up until this point, he has already improved a ton. I said earlier about the play when, when pop Isaacs is driving down on a fast break and he has a basketball IQ to step away from it uh, while still getting the block and not picking up the foul, just stuff like that. If he continues to pick that up, starts to build the offensive end a little bit, he'll be a starter next year or, you know, playing 20, 30 minutes a game for the next couple of seasons. Uh, and I think his potential is really, really high because he has the athleticism. He has a lot of the factors that, like a Brock Cunningham, we understand the athleticism is not, not going to be there. Uh, but Kendall Weaver has the athleticism. He can jump out of the gym. So that part of the game is not a worry. It's more learning how to control it, learning how to do those things. He's taken a lot of big steps this season uh, from early Kendall Weaver to where he is now and not turning the ball over, starting to make smarter and smarter plays. I, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm super excited to see him next season. Next season, I'm super excited to see him. But I'm excited to see him in the tournament, too. I can't lie. I'm excited to see him there. All right, let's talk some uh, NFL real quick. We'll get back to the text line. Keep them coming in. 512-447-3776. I uh, do want to get into uh, a little bit of combine stuff first. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, uh, the reports were, did meet with the Cowboys today. Uh, he was talking with the Cowboys. Uh, they're a team that would definitely be able to get him in the first round. If they decide they want a big defensive tackle, he's clearly somebody they're going to be looking at. He's going to be on their board. 
uh, depending on where he goes, because that defensive tackle position and run stopping was a big issue for them. Byron Murphy will not be on the board when the when the Cowboys pick most likely. So Tavondre Sweat could be a little bit more of a uh, someone they're looking at. And it was interesting because Paxton Anderson uh, played at Texas. Uh, he is the grandson of Jerry Jones. He was the one who went was in the room the war room last year during the draft and was telling Jerry to draft Demarvion Overshawn and help you know give the intel on Demarvion. He is now the one giving the intel on Tavondre Sweat. He was in the meeting uh, with the Cowboys as well, but apparently that was a good meeting today. And then Tavondre spoke with the media. A funny little clip. Tavondre, of course, also one of those guys you love because he is a really big personality. Uh, he was asked if he'd weighed in today. He had not weighed in today, and he was asked about his 40 time and some drills. Here's what Tavondre Sweat had to say. Ma'am? Did you weigh in? I haven't. Okay. Weigh in tomorrow. So everybody that want to know, you'll see tomorrow. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you expecting? What do, where do you want to be to be the most effective that you could be as a player? Uh, this past season, I played 365, and that's where I feel comfortable at. That was a pretty big increase from what you played at previous seasons uh you know you know how man is i mean you want yourself um we got to grow into our bodies and this is me as y'all see i'm a big guy big frame and that's just how it is i just grew into my body man how much has your frame been a talking point with teams when you've been in interviews or had conversations everyone everyone but uh let y'all know I'm doing everything at the combine before y'all even ask. Uh, I feel like a lot of y'all gonna be like, when I run this 40, you know? Shock, I'm gonna shock a lot of y'all, you know? So. so what do you anticipate running? 4-4, four, 4-5. Four, four, <laughs> so, uh, Tavondre Sweat is predicting a 4-4, four, 4-5, four, four, 40, which if he does, he's getting a first round draft pick, but uh interesting to see him come out his personality shining uh he's one of those guys you feel in in the meetings and everything is going to raise his draft stock uh just by guys meeting him understanding who he is understanding the teammate he could be that it's a guy that you could draft onto your team with Devondre Sweat and this is a guy who's built to be a leader on your team uh so I think he's done well in that aspect uh we also got some audio from Byron Murphy when he was asked uh, who is who is faster? Who he thinks will have the faster forty time? Ad Mitchell uh, and Xavier Worthy, and then he was asked uh, who he would play basketball with. Uh, and excuse the, the 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 one of the hosts here. He does not know that it's Adonai Mitchell, which I get. It's a name that is. Uh, if I did not cover Texas, I probably wouldn't get either. But uh, here's Byron Murphy talking about who he thinks is the faster guy between Ad and X Man. Who's the best athlete? Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, or Jatavian Sanders? Man, uh, that's hard right there, but, whew, man, I'd probably say X. X okay, X, okay, thank you. X, I'm yeah. a big Xavier Worthy guy. Well, yeah. when, he's not covering him, so you got to take it for a grain of salt. <laughs> Byron might saying. be able to cover yeah. him. He can do just about everything. All right, this might be a little easier. If you're, if you're, starting, if you're playing basketball two-on-two, two, who, who it's, it's you four guys in the mix. Who's, who's your, who you drafting first? Oh, uh, man, I'm drafting uh, X off, off the rip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there he, we go. Over at Donai? I, I never seen uh, AD hoop, but okay. I know X. <laughs> Sometimes guys might, might be good football yeah. players, not very good basketball yeah. players. But, okay. X, but X for sure, I'm taking him first. Thank you. Now we're, we're making some movement, Rick. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Over Even over Jatavian, who, who could be like a four. Oh, yeah, I'll take him too. He, yeah. He's a good hooper too, <laughs> but I, I'll take X though for sure. 
Yeah, I'll take X, though, for sure. Says he's a hooper and will be the fastest. Uh, but Byron Murphy there giving some stuff, uh, giving a little talk there as well for uh, at the Combine. We'll be interested to see their drills, their 40 times. All of that uh, should be within the next couple of days. We should get all that information. Uh, but good stuff there. 11 Longhorns at the Combine. We'll keep you up. Uh, as I keep seeing more, I can't do it during the show, but before the show, if I find some stuff, if you find anything great, any there, send it on the text line. I'll see if I can play it off the computer. Or if we can play it somewhere, we'll try and play uh, any sound or any uh, any uh, you know any reports you get uh, from the combine that are during the game during the show. Go ahead and send those in too. You can send those in too. Uh, also, a quick note: Rod Wright, the former Texas Longhorn, that was thought to be the favorite to be the D line coach for the the Texas Longhorns. Uh, has now been promoted officially to the D-line coach for the Texans. He was the assistant D-line coach for the Texans last season. Uh, then the defensive line coach was uh, not renewed. The thought was Rod Wright was going to step into that role. That's why he did not take the Texas job. Those seem to be happening. We don't know if he was ever all formally offered the Texas job, uh, but we know, know the Texans wanted to keep him, and Rod Wright is now the uh, D-line coach for the Texans. One other thing I want to hit in the NFL today. Uh, is that the NFL Players Station poll came out today. They did this for the first time last season, and it's basically a poll that the Players Association does. It's all anonymous, but then they have they basically ask players from all these teams. They said now even more players are involved because of success of it last year. People saw some improvements in some areas, but they basically asked them about a series of questions uh, about a few different subjects, and they rank you know, one through 10, what they feel the team is on these subjects, then they can put in why they put them. Uh, and so like the, the, uh, the different categories are treatment of families, food, cafeteria, nutritionist, dietitian, locker room, training room, training staff, weight room, strength coaches, team travel, head coach, and owner. And then they have grades from F to A and A plus, A minus, all of that. Uh, so those are the scores. Now, there's been some teams that we know were notoriously bad last season, some that were really good. Uh, when we look at it this season, at a brief poll, because this came out a few hours before we went on air, uh, there is a few. The Cowboys actually had the biggest drop, but it's not huge, but they did have the biggest drop, and there's some interesting points about the biggest drop uh, because they did ask some more different questions this season, uh, but they had the biggest drop. They were fifth last year in the poll, the fifth ranked, the highest ranked uh, cumulative score of player satisfaction and happiness for the team. They were fifth last year, down to 12th this season. One of the big reasons they had was the training facilities got pretty bad scores uh, for the Cowboys. That Basically, they were saying the facilities weren't big enough. There was not enough people in the facilities to, to make sure everybody was getting the treatment they needed for their injuries and uh, to make sure they were feeling at the uh, top level, that that was something they felt needed to be improved. I think it was something where it, they weren't thrilled with it last year, but it got worse this season, so that went down. And then an, in, an interesting other part, they added ownership in this season. Uh, they they didn't have it in the first season, but they added an ownership, and it's not just uh, ownership of do you like the guy or whatnot. It is how much you feel they're willing to, to improve the team, spend money to improve the team on the field, off the field, improve facilities, uh, improve conditions for you. Where do you feel that that team's going to be? I thought Tech that that Jerry Jones would be a little bit higher in this. He ends up being 19th. It is a B. Uh, I believe it was like an 8.6, so it's not a terrible score. Uh, but a lot of guys really do like their owners. Some get really bad scores. We'll get to one of those in a minute. Uh, but Jerry Jones, 19th in that one. 
Uh, they also said team travel they were not big fans of. They still have roommates. There's seven teams that still require players to have roommates, uh, and not every player, but some players, to have roommates on the road. The, the Cowboys are one of those. Those players didn't like that very much. Uh, but it was interesting to see that they felt – the, you know, after he built the star at Frisco and everything else, I guess there were some players that were not as thrilled with what Jerry has done in the last couple of seasons that maybe it was not as good as it was a year ago. And maybe that's some uh, ill content of, you know, not being able to produce for another season, any of that. But an interesting they dropped a little bit in that poll. You know, Jerry's going to try and fix those things. Uh, they're still always an A-plus in uh in family relations that's something jerry's very big at uh for the texans they were fourth last season dropped to seventh this season one of the big complaints they were basically a and b on almost everything uh one of the biggest complaints they had was they don't have a sauna or a steam room which most teams have and they want a better place to hang out in between meetings so nothing huge for the texans uh they weren't necessarily the best at anything but pretty above average at everything uh like there's uh, there's fans of D'Amico Ryans, but the, you know he's not a super high-ranked. Cal McNair is not the best-ranked owner, but pretty across-the-board okay for the Texans. Uh, looking at some of the extremes, though, the Commanders still 32nd. New ownership clearly enough has not changed. They're trying to build things now, uh, but they're still the 32nd-ranked team. Uh, so no surprises there because their buildings are still bad. They're you know everything they've done. They haven't made enough changes yet. Uh, so they're still considered players are the least happy uh, in Washington with the Commanders. Dolphins are your number one team this year. Happy with how everything's going. They're saying that their owner is giving them everything they need to win. Vikings second place this year. Uh, Dolphins were second last year, first this year. Vikings were uh, first last year, second this year. Both those owners very well liked everything. They Those players feel like they're getting treated very well. Uh, what's interesting, though, the one that is surprising – uh, that are, people are talking about today is the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are 31st in this poll. And ownership, Clark Hunt, 32nd, ranked by the players of Kansas City as the worst owner uh, in the ownership group because he's refusing to spend money. Now, there was things they said in the poll last year that they wanted facility upgrades and they wanted this and they won the Super Bowl and they thought, well, we won the Super Bowl, so we're going to voice our you know concerns and this will be taken care of. And the feeling apparent around the Chiefs locker room apparently is they do not care. We've now won two, and they're not improving things. They said they were going to make our locker room better. It's very outdated. They bought us new chairs. That's not enough. We need more things. So it's interesting to see that this Chiefs team, the fact that there's not star wide receivers and star players are having trouble keeping them, it may not just be the, the salary cap and the money. That there are some people in this team that apparently the culture is great, but the ownership being pretty cheap in Kansas City, even with all the success in winning, it feels like they're not investing bad enough back in their team. At least the players feel so. Uh, interesting piece for Kansas City fans. So if you are a hater of the Chiefs, this is your best news because this is as bad as the Chiefs are going to look for a while uh, is finishing 31st in this poll that the commanders are the only team that the players disliked the uh, the groups enough and disliked the ownership and disliked uh, the conditions of being a commander. It's the only place worse than the Chiefs. That's crazy. That is a that's an absurd thing to see that number. Uh, but the Chiefs thirty first. Uh, Cowboys a drop from fifth to twelfth. Not bad. Texans fourth to seventh. Uh, I think it was more along the lines. Both those teams kind of felt they were doing okay. Some other teams climbed up a lot more because uh, the players. You know, they they voiced concerns, and those concerns were met. 
cafeteria food and, and that stuff was met by a lot of teams. Travel was fixed by some of these teams. Uh, hiring more staff is a lot of things. Like for the Cowboys, they're just like, you just got to hire a few more staff. Not hard. Jerry will probably fix it this offseason. They will get going forward in the right direction. I think last season the players were a little bit happier, and so it was possible that they didn't necessarily uh, make the adjustments they need to. Cardinals also really down on that list. Players not happy, but they're also a notoriously cheap franchise. Just crazy to see. You see the Commanders and the Cardinals and teams like that that are, you know consistently struggle, and you think, well, yeah, because they're just poorly run teams. But, man, the Chiefs being 31st on that list seems like a crazy one uh, there. It, it, it does feel like there should be – like this is one of those things you can do in the NFL because of the players' union and because of all these things. You could not do this at anybody else's job, where you just say, "Well, you know, the break food's not very good." And they're like, "Is that Tim? Is that Tim? Tim said that." Well, Tim's Tim's never getting food again. No more pizza parties for Tim. Let's get back to the text line. With the text line for a minute, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, hit some NBA, and get back to the text line. I want to keep getting to you guys. Uh, Poll of the day, who is your culture guy, your glue guy, your team guy, Brock Cunningham, in honor of him, you know, sending sending Lubbock and Texas Tech on their way last night. Uh, Texter says, uh, Brock Payback on Notify was beautiful. He does that, and TT look like uh, asses because of their classless fans. They Look, Texas Tech, did, Lubbock did not look good in that game because of th- throwing the stuff on the court, a- and you knew it was a game, too. Like, what was really scary about it? And, and, you know, it, it's, it, it didn't end up mattering, and that's a good thing. But there was a part, and Ronnie Terry said after the game that he went to the ref and said, look, if this doesn't stop, then we're leaving. Like, we're walking off the court, and we're going to have to figure this out uh, because they're throwing stuff at our bench. Uh, but And then he gave credit to uh, Texas Tech's coach that he did the right thing and got on the speaker and got them to stop. So everything was okay in that. I was more concerned that if there was any chance Texas Tech came back, they were storming that court and they were coming for Texas players. Like you knew that was going to be an issue that even though they shouldn't have stormed the court, you knew that the the, the kids there just were going to make a bad decision and Texas Tech was going to have to have a lot of security to try and stop it. That was a little bit more worrying. Texas made it not matter though because they finished out the game. They played the part the way you want it to be done. Uh, and you know they were people were leaving the stands early. Camped out and didn't even watch wait till the end of the game. That's what you want to see if you're a Texas fan. <laughs> Nate, Nate trying to get me riled up. I see a Nate says we won despite RTJK. Come on now, Nate, trying to get me riled up. It's Wednesday. King of the Wednesday. We got to get through the week, man. Come on, man. Day Drinker seventy seven says an answer for a question. Jay went in my only Ginobili. Ginobili's a good pull on that one too. Definitely a guy on a team that you think when you think Spurs, you think Manu Ginobili. Uh, Texter says, uh, my all-time glue guy has got to be Freddie Stein. Uh, a lot of Texas Longhorn culture is due to him. And I apologize. I mean, say Freddie Steinmark. Freddie Steinmark. There we go. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, he is uh, another another Longhorn culture guy. I appreciate that right guy from New Mexico. Solid one there. Uh, Dave Ram says, BS matchup or not, effort can and should be against everyone, regardless of size and talent. I agree with you. I agree with you, Dave Ram. I'm saying that the re- one of the reasons why the effort was up was because of the success of the effort. And I think they're bringing effort every night, and when it's thwarted, they lose effort very quickly, and that one they're able to keep it going. Uh, but I do agree with you. You should bring effort every night, and Brock can uh, make that hit still if he dives to the ball, uh, still make his point, love to play 
Uh, also, the audio broadcast sucked. I had to hear those Texas hillbillies screaming nonsense all game. Yeah, I felt bad. The funniest part was Fran Fischella going from that was a good basketball play to he should be ejected in record time. And I like Fran Fischella a lot. He's always been a really nice guy to me. Uh, so I, I like him a lot. He's he's one of those great minds to talk basketball with. You very get the chance. Uh, but yeah, that was a funny, you know, where he realized he was like, all right, you know, we we get it. And if he would have dove for the ball, but he was also right by a table where if he would have dove for the ball, he would have taken a lot of impact. I, I really just think he didn't think he was going to be as hard as he hit him because I've done that plenty of times in my life and, and not even just basketball, just football or anything else you're playing and you think, oh, I'll just kind of brush this guy off and you lower your shoulder and you do it and you forget you're running as fast as you can and you have the body weight and muscle that you're going to take a guy out. Uh, and I think it was more of that. Uh, I mean, he wanted to he wanted to put it in there. He wasn't going to do anything. Like Brock Cunningham, you remember, you know the, the beginning of Proud Mary with Tina Turner and Ike Turner, and <laughs> she says, we never, ever do nothing nice and easy. That that's Brock Cunningham. He is he is that. We never do anything nice and easy. And and that's Brock Cunningham. He's not going to be, you know, if there's a play there, it, you know, the dive or whatever else, he's gonna go, he's gonna do things the hard way. And that's what he did. Uh I, I look, I, I get it. If he had had a bad game up to that point and Texas was losing, then that's not a great play. But what he did, uh, it's just it's it's a great, great point. Uh <laughs> to have in a resume when you say, you know, maybe not my best season, but I'm going to go, I'm going out in Lubbock like a champ. I'd love to see that. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back, do some NBA, and more of the text line. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Back on Sports Complex here on the Horn. Text line still open, 512-447-3776 if you guys want to jump on there. Haven't had the haters today. Haven't had the haters. You know, just having a real fun conversation after a win. Last night, uh, Texas gets a win over Texas Tech. We're having a good conversation. It's all friendly. The cold front came in, so I'm not sweating in the office either. So it's all good. It's all good today. Uh, I do want to talk a little NBA before I get back to the text sign. Hit a couple things for you. Uh, interesting news from Atlanta, and I'll tell you why it's interesting. Inspires fans, some of them are for this, some of them are against it, but it's an interesting piece. Uh, Trey Young uh, is missing at least four weeks with an injury. He is uh, getting a torn ligament and his left pinky f- finger fixed. Uh, that means he's out for 
basically most of the rest of the season. And that's the the wording is not he will be back in four weeks, is he will be reevaluated in four weeks. Uh, one of those things for a shooter and especially a ball handler, uh, very difficult to play with any hand injury. You don't want to have those turnovers. Uh, it's just difficult to play if something is constantly hurting or not being able to grip or any of that. Uh, so he is four weeks. This could be a point. They'll probably still be the 10 seed. He probably will come back at some point in the playoffs. Uh, but they are going to be testing in these next four weeks how the how the Hawks look with DeJounte Murray as their main guard and not Trey Young. And if they continue to play, if they play at a higher level or play better than they've been playing uh, without with, with Trey Young in the lineup, this could mean that the Hawks could be starting to get ready to move on from Trey Young uh, because they could look at this and say, well, if we're producing with DeJounte Murray, DeJounte Murray is a lot easier to build a team around and we can get other guys in here and we can build this team a lot easier with, with different players and DeJounte Murray than Trey Young, who is very, very ball dominant. Uh, so we don't know if you'll be able to fit. And there could be teams out there who could be wanting a guy. And I know the Spurs have been referenced a lot uh, about Trey Young because he is the, one of the best lob passers in the NBA. And I feel it's silly to build it just on that. But they would like some more scoring. He doesn't help their defense at all. I don't necessarily think it's a fit. Uh, I would not be in favor of it as a Spurs fan and someone who's covered the Spurs and, and followed them for a long time. Uh, but... Uh, that is an interesting piece because you'll be seeing. And now if it doesn't work, they could be ready to move on from DeJounte Murray, who was uh, very much on the block at the trade deadline. They did not move him. However, uh, now they're kind of getting to see the flip of the coin because uh, they saw how they were doing without Tr DeJounte Murray with Trey Young in. They'll get to see the other side. If they're worse with DeJounte Murray, you could see them try and move him off uh, and find a different player to come in to, to try and work as Trey Young's sidekick. It is going to be interesting to see how the Hawks do. Now, they got a pretty big lead over uh, the Brooklyn Nets at that 10 spot, so they're most likely still going to be in the play-in unless they completely collapse, and Brooklyn, who has not been playing very well either, really starts to light it up. They'll probably still be in that 10 spot in the East. Those teams in the East that are lower are just not very good. Uh, but very interesting to see if Trey Young, we already know four weeks, he's already missing a month, uh, and then will be reevaluated could miss even more time. That is an interesting piece that the rest of the league needs to look at because he could be on the market come uh, come the end of the season because they're probably not going to offer him a huge contract if uh, if they feel he's not the guy to build around. If they feel they can win games without him, they might go a different route than Trey Young, and a lot of people don't, don't like that. DeMarcus Cousins already came out and said that he hopes that, that Trey Young never has to play in Atlanta jersey again because they've done wrong by him. Uh, and but that also is from a guy who, you know, could never be the centerpiece of a franchise either. And I like Demarcus Cousins; I think he's a good player. Uh, but just another guy who didn't understand the team element of the game enough, uh, and really could never get it all together to realize how to be the best team player and play forty minutes and and play off ball and all of that stuff. He was never his strongest point. Really good player, really really good player. Uh, just it always felt like there was that next gear, and you like I want him on the Spurs more than I wanted Trey Young for that's for sure with Demarcus Cousins. Uh, but it just never came together. It's always funny to see these ex players come out and say, "No, no, I I know how basketball should be played." And you go, "Well, how much did you win?" And they go, "Never." And you go, "All right, well then, why are you the expert on how to win games? Because it feels like you may not be the expert. Just me though, just me." Uh, all the Texas teams were in action last night. All three lost. 
Uh, Spurs lose to the Timberwolves 114 to 105. Spurs have 22 turnovers in this game. Not one of Wimby's best games. He's still double double, not one of his best games. Uh, Anthony Edwards puts up 34 points in it. Uh, they're in the game. They're competitive. But this is a team that really feels like they're hitting a rough patch uh, after that All Star break, still on the rodeo road trip. It, it feels like all this frustration of not getting wins and then getting close a couple times and still not getting them. It feels like they're very frustrated and trying to force things right now. Uh, they need to get back in control of you know where they were playing right before the All-Star break. We're starting to look better. Don't look very good right now. Uh, turn the ball over a ton. Uh, so I think that there's going to be, you know, when they get home, this rodeo road trip is taking its toll on a young team. We knew that Wimby was going to have a part of, you know, being young. And he's a guy who says, don't call me after 8 p.m. or all of that. I, he's just having a hard time, I think, being on the road this much. I think All-Star Weekend didn't necessarily go the way that he had hoped it would have gone uh, with the rest of his teammates not really caring to be there. That really bothered him. And so I think there's a part of it. He understands the bigger picture in the long-term game. But if I'm one of those Spurs right now and I want to be in the league, I know I'm going to try my hardest to do everything right to help get Wimby some more wins because – you know, I think he's looking at the rest of his team as well as the Spurs and the management and everybody else and finding who is playing better right now and who's working the hardest to get things going and who maybe is stressed out and, and kind of taking time off because they feel like, you know, they took the time off at the break and they haven't checked fully back in yet. Uh, the Rockets lose a game to the Thunder, 112-95. to Again, this is a problem that the Rockets have had all season, that Jabari Smith is not a big interior presence, and Alperin Shingun is not an interior defensive presence either. Uh, 58 points in the paint for the Thunder. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Brooks and Van Vliet, your two veterans in that lineup, to have the bad game combined for 12 points. Uh, it leads to a loss for the Rockets, just not enough offense. Jabari Smith Jr., though, has a good game, 18 points, 13 rebounds, does well, but defensively just isn't a shot blocker. Shingun's not going to get inside and be trying to block shots. So these teams right now are killing the Rockets in the paint. Uh, it's a similar problem that the Mavs have had that they're trying to fix. The Rockets are going to have to figure out. They got Steven Adams uh, to try and come back next year to help fix that problem, but they can have to figure out something uh, and as much as Shingun is doing so much on the offensive end, and it's an offensive game, if you don't play defense, you're not going to win a lot. And they're having that problem right now. Everyone knows to attack Shingun on the other end of the court, and uh, they're paying for it. And then in the Mavs game, Mavs drop at 121 to 119. It's a close game back and forth. The Cavs come back at the end of the game. The Mavs look like they have a pretty good uh, run at it. Cavs have the lead. P.J. Washington gets a pass from Luka Doncic under the basket, puts it in. One of P.J. Washington's best games of the season. Hits what he feels is the game winner with 2.1 seconds left. No timeouts left for the Cavs. What are they going to do? Max Struess catches the ball, flings it up from 59 feet away from the basket and knocks down a game winner to win against the Mavs. The Cavs are the number two team ranked in the East right now. They are pulling out these close games. Max Struess. What a fourth quarter. Five threes in the fourth quarter, uh, including that game winner. A huge reason that the, the Cavs are in this game to beat them. Luka Doncic, of course, has another crazy stat night. Uh, 45 points, 9 rebounds, 14 assists. But the Mavs, uh, the points in the paint, they out-rebounded 47-36. Daniel Gafford did not play a lot in that game. Derek Lively's doing okay. He's a little bit better to run when you're playing in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Daniel Gafford's not really quick enough to stay with those guys, so he only played about seven minutes. 
but they also have a back-to-back. You would expect Gafford to play a little bit more tonight against the Raptors. Lively is a game-time decision. Uh, the Mavs should be able to get into Toronto and get a win. They just have to forget the, last, the game last night, try and go get a win tonight over the Raptors. All right, let's get back to the text line uh, and try and get to some more of those texts before we get out of here. Tekken and just a satchel of Richards. I imagine, I, I think I know what you're saying there. I think that's, I think you said it uh, radio friendly enough there. <laughs> I won't say it again though. How about that? Uh, Dexter says, uh, nice win for the Longhorns. I guess I, I guess it was right yesterday. I hope those two teams meet again in the big 12 tournament when both teams are healthy after exchanging waves on each other's floor. Uh, your analysis on the Cunningham play is spot on. He didn't go into it thinking I'm going to knock the crap out of this guy. Uh, it was just a collision. He should have got it, but it is what it is. The fan base reaction was rid- ridiculous. And honestly, it cost Texas Tech some points, which they really needed. I agree with that. Uh, and, and, and it, it, this is from a Texas Tech fan. And I can tell you what I've said the entire show. Once Warren Washington was ruled out for this game, it became a must win for Texas. So when we say healthy, Warren Washington is a big piece of that healthy. Uh, you'd love to see it. And, and look, I think the teams do match up well. I think it's a fun game to watch between Texas and Texas Tech because they're around the same level of team. Texas is a uh, more athletic, probably more athletically talented team than Texas Tech, but Texas Tech has fighters on it, and they have guys who know how to get points. Pop Isaacs understood. If his shot's not falling, get into, get into people's chest, get those foul calls. And he's able to play like that. It's a really good matchup of going back and forth. And the Longhorns were able to pull it out. But when Warren Washington was ruled out, the seven-footer for for Tech, it became a must-win for Texas. They did their job, though. That's what you want to see from this team. And so when I say that, I'm not taking anything away from Texas because a lot of teams don't win the ones you have to. And Texas had that problem earlier in the season not doing that. It was good to see them get in a position of a must-win in a hostile environment and win it and win it handily, be able to take it away. Uh, average Joe says, uh, pure Westlake arrogance is so fun when it's on your team. <laughs> I like that. Great. And, uh, a minus one layup by Weaver. Yes, I agree. That was a minus one. It was not an and one. It was a, and one less from Kendall Weaver. Uh, Texas says, why is it Oklahoma's non-conference schedule always has easy teams, which turn out automatic wins. Whereas Texas plays the top 25 teams, such as Alabama last season and Michigan next season. Oklahoma's non-conference teams next season are Temple, Houston, Tulane, and Maine. Are you kidding me? Oklahoma's toughest non-conference game last season with Cincinnati. Uh, Because they have two different philosophies on it. Uh, Texas wants to be a championship team, and Oklahoma wants to win games. That's that's the reality. That's a nice way I can put it. Now, Texas also understands there's more money in it when Texas plays a big game, that there is a monetary element for it as well for CDC and this Texas team, that when they play Michigan, they're going to make a lot of money to do it. And when they play Alabama, they're going to make some money. But they realize, and Sark realizes, and he's one of those guys. Uh, it was, you know, there's certain coaches who say, I want to play the best teams. Tom Herman was a guy who didn't want to. Tom Herman did not want to play. He wants to win games. I think there's a difference between wanting to win games, and I think there's a difference between winning games and winning championships. Sark wants to win championships. Oklahoma wants to win games. That's the way I'll say it. That, that's, I, when you schedule non-cons like that, well, maybe we'll get in there, and hopefully we'll be ready for it. But are you going to be ready? Because Texas had their struggles, but Texas was able to play well at the end of the season because they had those struggles, because they had that game against Alabama. It gave them confidence in a lot of games. I, I'm, all, I'm much more for playing those games. You know, the school scheduled their own non-conference. There is no real big regulations. There's less regulations in the SEC 
uh, Texas is still going to go out there and try and play some difficult schools because they want to win championships. Uh, Texter Jimmy Greenwood says, I have a quick question for you, Patrick. Who's your surprise breakout Longhorn player to show out at the Combine uh, and our way higher draft pick, become a way higher draft pick? I, I don't know. I mean, the easy answer is Keelan Robinson would be a guy who step up and, and show what he could do, but I think he's also just kind of more of a special teams guy. Uh, I I think really is if, if Xavier Worthy comes out and just dominates at drills, I don't know if it's a surprise, but I think he can move up. If JT Sanders shows really well in blocking drills and has footwork and those things, then I think you could see him move up as well. But I, I don't know if there's any guy deeper down the list like uh, you know, they, like Jordan Whittington or anybody who's necessarily going to be a combine guy because they're much more, you know, they're they're not necessarily the drills guys. They're going to be team guys and everything else. But I'd say one of those guys, if they just have off the charts numbers, uh, could possibly do it. But a good question. If anybody else has a chime in there on the text line, throw it in there. Uh, we'll try to get to it. Uh, <laughs> Dex says, my American Freddie. All right, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, and Reed keeps eating the players' burgers and fries in Kansas City. Yes, I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Brock Cunningham for president. We'll vote for that one, too. Uh, Ardov says, fire RT. Just kidding. Where are the RT haters at today? For all the naysayers who want to run RT out of town, I'll ask them for their basketball coaching resume. Look, I get it. And look, I'm not going to walk out and say RT's sk- like free. I, I'll criticize RT when he deserves to be criticized. But I also said, you know, it, when we're pretending that Texas is going to not be at the NIT, and I said if they win the game, they're fine, and they're back in the tournament, and they're fine, then that's the, the, the issues are much smaller than RT's a great coach and RT's not. It, the world's not on fire. The, skull, the, sky, the sky is not falling. Chicken Little comes on the text line too often and says the sky is falling. That is when you'll see me get more upset because the sky is not falling, and we don't need to throw money at issues. The, the Texas – that's the other thing that will drive me nuts, and I realized last night why it drove me so nuts. When I hear we have the most money, we we'll be we can do whatever we want. All I hear is Aggies. That to me, that's an Aggie way of dealing with things. Is no, we have all the money. We have more money than God, so we'll go out and buy the best team, and then we're not going to win. And so we'll we'll tell them uh, transfer, get out of here. We'll go buy the best team again. Well, okay, we got to fire our coach. Spend seventy five million dollars to fire our coach, but it don't matter. We'll buy the best team now. That's what I hear when I say when we have when when Texas when people say we have enough money we can outbid anybody. That's Aggie thinking. We have the best brains in Texas. We have the smartest people here at UT. That's why we should be going after the right coaches, the right players. That's why I like it. I just don't like throw the throwing money at things. Yeah, money helps. Don't get me wrong. You want to get the NIL players, you want to get all that stuff, but just throwing money and saying that line, we can hire anybody, we have money, that's an Aggie line. It's not a longhorn line. Uh, Carrie from Georgetown says we dodged a bullet with Tex big man out. They handed it to us in the mood earlier this year. Two different things. Uh, that's are two different parts. We did with Warren Washington being out hundred percent agree on that. Uh, but the, or the game earlier this season, that was also partially because, uh, some issues of, uh, the lineup not being figured out. Dylan just only played 17 minutes in that game. Dylan just who's the best player on the court. Uh, those types of things. Ken, Ken, uh, Ken Shedrick was not having a great time either right then. All right, let me take our last break. We'll come back, wrap it up, hit the rest of the text line. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260. Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. All right, we ran out of time, but I appreciate everybody for joining me on the text line. Always love having a conversation with you. We'll do it again tomorrow. I know my man Dave Ram said, not a hater, but I said my piece. I'm with you, Dave. I love having the conversations with you. 
I got you. We, we, we can agree to disagree on some of this. We'll keep fighting. And at the end of the day, I think I'll be right. And you think you will too, but, uh, you know, I got the microphone. <laughs> and Jimmy the Gringo, keep on preaching about building culture instead of buying it. We aren't a and We are Texas. There you go, Jimmy the Gringo. Love it. All right. We got to take off. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here for more from the Sports Complex.